More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tell it like it really is We know Haney doesn't give a shh Silencing critics Eliminate misses Two chips never accept On shoulders to get better Everybody knows the name Read about it We're golf teachers Hall of Fame Never doubt it It's time for the truth Here's our dude You're listening to Haney You're listening to Haney You're listening to Haney it's time for the truth, here's our dude. You listen in the Haney. Yeah. Listen in the Haney. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, brought to you by HaneyUniversity.com. Go to HaneyUniversity.com and find out all the information you need about getting a golf lesson from me at either my studio in Paradise Valley, Arizona, or at the golf practice in Highland Park, Illinois, where I am currently hanging out. And uh, it is a great facility. Well, the winter time is, I think the winter time is the best time to practice and work on your game. I gave a couple lessons today, and I, I, I thought, you know, this is absolutely perfect. Nobody's worried about uh, their club championship Nobody's worried about uh, what they're going to shoot or winning the bet next week or any of this other stuff. All they're thinking about is getting better, and we got all winter to do it. Kind of reminds me of back in the day. I, I, I said this another time. Back in the day, I can remember back in the day. Back in the day was a long time ago, like the early 80s. I started coaching Mark O'Meara, and back then, the PGA Tour did not go year-round. It went up until like October or something. And then there was all this time off. They had a few silly season events, you know, but you had to be really, really good to get in those. The guys would go play overseas, maybe in a couple tournaments. I remember Mark used to go play either on, he'd go play to, in Australia or he'd go play in Japan, maybe a tournament. But it'd be like one tournament a month. And it was uh, just. Pretty much all the time was devoted to practicing and getting better and improving for the next season. And then all of a sudden, everything just started running together. And there was no offseason. And if you took some time off, you felt like, you know, you're losing ground on the money list or the points list or the FedEx Cup list or whatever, whatever the lists were. 
you're losing ground and you felt like you just had to play and play and play and play. And I, I think players have a lot better opportunity now to get better if they, if they take some time off. And that's one of the reasons why I, I think ultimately it's better for the golfers, it's better for the product, like on the PGA Tour I'm talking about, if they don't play as many events and they can practice and work on their game in between. But from a coach's standpoint, I'd like to have like a, a month, you know, or at least a month, maybe two months. Like some kind of off season, like every other sport has an off season, where if you really wanted to work on your technique, work on your fundamentals, and try to get better, you could do that during that off season time. But anyway, as far as the amateur golfers are concerned, it's kind of the same thing, especially if you live in the cold weather climates, which which are huge golfing areas in the United States. If you live in those cold weather areas. The winter time is a great time to get better. So that's my uh, my, my my pitch on on that. And when I was teaching again today, I, I realized how my teaching is gravitating more and more and more. And, and it, it, it's always been this way to a certain extent. But I have enjoyed teaching indoors with launch monitors and a simulator more than. I have ever enjoyed teaching. I just think it is so much better of an atmosphere for 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 learning. I mean, it, it, you don't have the weather to deal with. You know, it, it's 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 a it was an absolute nightmare all those years when when I'd be teaching slicers. You know, I'd wake up in the morning and I, I know I'd have a whole lesson book full of of slicers and. The wind was blowing 20 miles an hour, and I'd look out that window, and I'd see that wind blowing, and I'd go, you know what? That wind's blowing 20 miles an hour, left to right, and I got all slicers lined up all day long. I got 10 hours of lessons, and every one of them is a slicer, and I got a 20-mile-an-hour wind blowing left to right, and there's hardly any grass on the the practice tee, which is pretty much every practice tee there is because, you know, they may open up with some grass at the beginning of the year, but by the time the year gets to the end, there is no grass on the practice tee. And of course, everybody hits off the ground. And and by the way, the practice tees are cut too short to begin with because when you're practicing, like for instance, you're practicing your irons or your fairway woods, those are clubs that you hit off the fairway. And Tee boxes are cut lower than the fairways. I've always just been a pet peeve of mine. Tee boxes are cut lower than the fairways, but you hit irons and fairway woods off of the fairway, and yet when you go to the driving range, they cut the tee on the driving range at the height of the tee boxes, which makes no logical sense at all because off of a tee box, you put the ball on a tee. And when you're on the driving range, you don't put the ball on a tee. You put the ball on the ground, and you put them all on the ground, and you hit, you hit off of a tight lie. And you know what happens when you hit off a tight lie? You tend to hit down more because you need to hit down more. And that's why, like, off of tight lies, generally speaking, I'll tell people to, to feel like you're going to hit a little bit of a cut shot, 
maybe be a little bit out to end. That'll naturally steepen your angle of approach and make it easier for you to hit off of a tight lie. But that is the mistake that most amateur golfers make anyways. They hit, they hit down too much, and they swing across the ball too much. And 90% of the golfers who play the game slice the ball. I mean, some people call it a power fade, but it's a slice. And the more you swing down and the more you swing across the ball, uh, the, the steeper your swing is, the, the harder it is to release the club, and the more you're going to block the face open, and the more you're going to slice the ball. And it gets imminently more difficult when you have a, a tight lie, which, which you have when driving ranges have no grass on them. Well, for, like I said, they're, cut, they're mowed too low to begin with, and then they take all the divots, and, and when you have lower... F- grass on the driving range, you're going to take more turf when you hit, and there's going to be even less grass, and now you're going to get steeper and steeper and steeper, and then you got the 20 mile an hour left to win, or left to right win for a right-handed player, which is the hardest win you could hit in, and you're going to have to, to swing, you know, uh, <laughs> you're going to have to make a great swing just to hit a straight ball, but what's going to happen is when you, you've got a slice wind, you're going to tend to swing even more across the ball, and that's going to make your slice even worse. It's just, it, it, it is difficult for most people under those conditions and that, to, to get better. And that's why I, I always would, when I would teach slicers, so many times I would have the ball teed up. I remember when I, I did all my Haney Project uh, shows and, you know, be, People would say, "Well, Hank, why do you always why do you tee the ball up like that for him?" You know, and I thought, "Well, because they're too steep, and if you're too steep, you need to practice with the ball on a on a more elevated lie, ball on a tee, even if it's just a short tee, but up in the air a little bit, where you can make a more level, more rounded swing, and you can pick the ball off the tee, and it's easier easier to 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 get better." So that is is. One, well, I guess there's many reasons there I just outlined why I like teaching in, indoors more. You, you you don't have the wind to deal with, uh, not to mention that you don't don't have the you know cold temperatures or warm temperatures or people's window is better indoors. Their window to get better is in is, is longer. And what I mean by that is is most players that I've taught through my my career have a pretty short window for a lesson. I mean, they may sign up for an hour lesson. They may sign up for a half hour lesson, but their window before they start getting tired and you can see as a coach, you can see a noticeable difference in the way that they're, they're swinging and, and, and what their, uh, you know, stamina looks like. That window is is probably closer to 15 minutes in most, in most cases. Now there's some people that practice a lot and hit a lot and, and, and really, you know, have the stamina to, to last a full hour of, of hitting balls or even longer. But for most people, their window's pretty short, you know, and I, and, and I notice over the years, just, you know, the, the, their performance goes down. But I mean, it's not like the rest of the time is just a waste. It's just not optimized. And their window is better indoors. They, they, they can last a little bit longer. Maybe it's the, the, the fact that they're hitting in the air conditioning instead of a, a hot day, or you know, it's it's just comfortable. They're not they're not out there having wearing too many clothes because it's cold, and they signed up for a lesson and they got to take it that day, and it's the only day that they they could do it. So conditions are better, 
And I do like the launch monitors. Oh my gosh! I, I, I you know, I, I fought that for so long. I like, I remember when they came out on tour. The Trackman came out on tour, and they, they said, "Oh, you, you know, you need, you need one of these. You need one of these. You know, this is why you need it. This is tell you all this information and teach you why the ball's going where it's going." I mean, I, I mean, I, I remember them giving that sales pitch. I'm like, I, I know where the ball, I know where the ball's going there. I don't, I don't need a launch monitor. I mean, I can see when somebody's swinging across the ball. I can see when somebody's swinging too much in doubt. I mean, the ball hooked, the club face had to be closed, or the ball sliced, the club face had to be open relative to the path of the swing. I, I, I can see all that. I can tell when somebody's swinging down too much. I can see it. I can, I can hear it. I can see how it hits off the toe. I can see how it digs in the ground too deep. I don't, I don't, need, a, I don't need a launch monitor to tell me all that stuff. And, and you know what? I don't. I don't. I, I, I'm not. I'm not going to be exact. You know, when I look at somebody and I and and I watch them hit, and I think, oh, that was a little bit across the ball to the left, and you know, it pops up on the launch monitor and says it was 2.5 degrees. So I, I maybe couldn't. Have, I, I couldn't see that it was exactly 2.5. I knew it was probably more than one and a half, but I didn't know it was exactly 2.5. And it, it, that part doesn't really matter. But you know what? What matters is it matters to the student. Because when the student can can see it, the numbers pop up. Then they can relate that to the feel of their swing. And I, I for so long, I would tell people, you know, you swing. You need to swing more to the right. You need to swing more to the right. You need to swing that club out to the right more. And they go, oh, I think I'm doing it. I think I'm doing it. But with the with the launch monitor in, in front of you, you can think you're doing it all you want, but the machine says you're not, and they're they're deadly accurate. It just makes teaching so much easier. It makes it easier for the student, and, and that, is, that is really an absolute plus. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. 
Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready for Smart Money Happy Hour. Pull up a chair. It's the happy hour you wish your friends were having. Mix two money experts with some hot takes and a splash of nostalgia, and you get me, George Camel. And me, Rachel Cruz, talking unfiltered about what's going on in the world, pop culture, and how to afford a life you love. We're talking money, celebrity budgets, and my budget for my two French Bulldogs. It's a lot. <laughs> You'll hear it all on Smart Money Happy Hour. Listen on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. But but where I started this 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 little you know story about the the teaching is is that I have have gravitated more and more and more and more towards teaching and using using the golf ball less. You know, I mean, and what I mean by that is 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 I, I don't have people hit that many golf balls during a lesson. Because I'm under the, the the philosophy that if you can't make a good practice swing, and people will say, "Hey, oh, my practice swing's good, uh, but I don't not good when I get to the ball," and 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 their practice swing's not good. Like like people don't make good practice swings. You make the same mistakes in your real swing as you make in a practice swing, and you don't make a good. You may make a smooth practice swing, but it's not a good practice swing. There's, there's there's plenty wrong with it, I, I I I promise you, and they don't make good practice swings. And I th- I always think that if you could make a practice swing, once I get a student to make a good practice swing, that fixes their fundamental flaws that are causing a poor ball flight, and that's all you're trying to fix. You're trying to fix the golf ball. That's number one. You're trying to fix the golf ball. You make a good practice swing. And if I see somebody making a good practice swing and I get them to make a good practice swing, then I know, I know that I've got them. They're there. Now it's just a question of, of refining it and being able to do it with the ball ball is there. But if you can't make a good practice swing, how are you going to make a, 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 a good swing? Matter of fact, if you can't make a good slow practice swing, how are you going to make a fast practice swing? If you can't make a swing that looks like it should, in order to fix your mistakes, and everybody's swing's going to look a little different, and there's no one perfect swing, but you got to be focused on fixing your mistakes, your big miss. If you can't make a good practice swing that looks like it would fix your ball flight mistake, if you can't do that in parts, just like part one, stop. Part two, stop. Part three, up to the top, stop. Back 
coming down. Stop. If you can't do a piece-by-piece part swing, how in the world are you going to do a slow practice swing? And if you can't do a slow practice swing, how are you going to do a fast practice swing? And if you can't do a good practice swing, how are you going to do good with the ball there? And if you can't do good with the ball there inside, you're certainly not going to do good with the ball there outside. And if you can't do good even on the driving range with a swing, how are you going to expect to do good on the course with a swing? And if you can't do good on the course, well, you, you don't need a tournament to see how you're going to do, because I can already tell you how you're going to do it. It's not going to be very good. And if you can't do it on the, the course, how are you going to do it in the tournament at the end of the tournament? It's always, it's just one step, one step, slow steps, you know, like walk before you can run. And, and if you can do a good practice swing and make a good, good rehearsal, then you're on the right track and then you can get better at golf. And, and that's the first thing. I had a lesson today, and this, it, he just he kept wanting to rake over these balls one right after another. And I'm like, God, we don't we don't need a ball. Like, let's make a let me see a good practice swing first, and then once, I, and it took me a while. And once I got him to make a good practice swing and feel what he was doing, then we put the ball there. And guess what? We got great results. It's just it's one step at a time. But when you hit balls and you're not hitting them good. I liken that to just digging yourself a deeper hole. That's all you're doing. You're just digging yourself. A, you're in a hole already because you're struggling. And then you're, you're, you're hitting balls and you're not hitting them good. You're just digging a deeper hole. You're making it harder and harder and harder for yourself to, get, to crawl out of that hole. Uh, so practice swings to me are, are, are so important. You've got to be able to do a good one. Uh, you know, and I don't think a lot of times people even know what that means because I don't think they have a, a picture in their mind of what a, a, a good a good swing, one that fixes your ball fight mistake. I don't think they know what 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 that means. So that's the the first thing to start with, and you can do that in your house. You know, I I, I my favorite golf tip I ever gave people. I said I said take a hundred practice swings a day, and you will you will improve. I mean, your balance will get better, your rhythm, your temper, your timing, all those things. Your golf muscles will get better. Your stamina will get better. You'll be imminently more coachable if you took 100 practice swings a day, even if it's not correct. But if you could do rehearsals, practice swings, and you could actually do them correctly, even if it's in parts, even if you're, you're stopping at each checkpoint and kind of just, just uh, feeling where you're going, even if you can do that, you can get better, and and next thing you know, you're just you're you're improving so fast because you can do that one thing. You can just you can just make a better practice swing, and you can do it to feel what you're doing. You do it you do it slowly. That that to me is is the key. I I remember when I first started coaching, and and I was I think I've told this story before, but it was it. At Pinehurst Hotel and Country Club, it was my, I, I had taught three years up in Chicago at Exmoor Country Club, but then I, I went to Pinehurst and I started teaching there and I was a director of the golf schools there, the Pinehurst Golf Advantage Golf Schools. And I was, I was young at the time. I mean, I'm old now. I was young at the time then. I mean, I was like 23, 24 years old. And there was this teacher in Pinehurst, this old time teacher. He was a, he was a really good teacher. His name was Paul Berthley. I'll never forget it. And he used to 
he he used to do golf schools. He wasn't affiliated with the Piners Hotel and Country Club. He did golf schools on his own in Piners. He did these golf schools in his backyard. I thought that was a goof. I I never forget that. I thought that was the goofiest thing I ever seen in my life. This guy does golf schools in his back. People come to these golf schools and he does them in his backyard. And they don't even hit balls. He had this lead pipe. And he would have people swing and make all these moves with this lead pipe to feel where they were going. And it was just, do this, do this, do this. These rehearsals, okay? And he would have people feel this. Never hit a ball. I thought, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen. This guy's doing golf schools in his backyard. And then the other day, I was thinking to myself, here I am. You know, because my golf studio is in Paradise Valley in Phoenix. It, it's it's in my garage. Well, I mean, I've got a, I got a nice house, so it's not, it's it's a five car garage, and and uh, and in the two car garage part, I put I put my golf studio, and I turned it into a golf studio, so it's it doesn't look like a garage. But anyway, I, I was thinking to myself, you know what? I I used to laugh at that guy for doing those golf schools in his backyard, and they never hit a ball, and they do all these moves and these swings, and now here I am, you know, uh, you know, 40-something years, 45 years later, and what am I doing? I got people taking practice swings in my garage, and I won't let them hit a ball until we get something that resembles something. And I'll tell you, it's, a, it's the absolute, absolute best way to learn. It takes a little patience, and people are anxious to hit, but when I put the ball there, I pretty much know that we are, at the most, we are moments from great shots. We are moments from enjoying shots that we have never enjoyed before in our life. We are moments before hitting it much, much better than we ever have. We are moments before ball flight correction seeing something different, and it's a great thing. And when you hit and you hit and you hit, you hit out there in that driving range with the dirt lies and left-to-right wind and all the distractions you, you feel out there on the range, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. It just uh, it it is a long road to hoe before you can get better. So anyway, that's my that's a little little coaching philosophy uh, for today by uh, by Hank. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, hit the follow button on the iHeartRadio app wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you have arthritis pain, try my Voodoo Pain Relief Cream. It will work wonders for you. It is the it is a phenomenal product. It's got like. Uh, I don't know, 15 or 13. I, I, I remember, I can't remember how many, but it's got all these anti-inflammatory ingredients and it is absolutely fantastic. It, 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 it's fully guaranteed. People that order it just keep reordering over and over again. I still get messages all the time because Hank is the greatest product. So uh, if you've got the arthritis pain, back, joint, uh, elbow, knee, whatever, uh, it will it will help you out. Give it a try, and uh, you got nothing to lose because it's 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 totally guaranteed. All right, I uh, hope everybody has a great day, uh, and we'll talk to you soon on the Hank Haney podcast. More than a movie is back with season two. I'm your host Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts 
of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 